The music is provided by Calvary Quartet. You can have more of their music at calvaryquartet.com or log on to our website at gospelbaptistchurch.com. the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12. And I'd like to look at verses 10 through 14 tonight and talk to you about the conclusion of the whole matter. Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verses 10 through 14. Let me read these for us tonight as you follow along, and then we'll have a word of prayer and get into the message and look into these verses tonight in Ecclesiastes chapter 12. Starting in verse 10, the preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of the wise are as goads and as nails, fastened by the masters of assemblies, which are given from one shepherd. And further by these, my son, be admonished, of making many books there is no end, and much study is a weariness of the flesh. Verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Ending there in verse 14. Now join me in a word of prayer. Father, we again come to you in the name of Jesus, asking you to guide us tonight as we look into your word. Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth. I pray that uh, as there are many people here with many different needs, that through the teaching and preaching of your word tonight, those needs would be met. Help us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit's leadership and help us submit to the word of God tonight. And Father, may we be careful to give you all the honor, all the glory, and all the praise. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. As you look at the book of Ecclesiastes, which again, I find a fascinating book, which was written by Solomon, King David's son. As you look at the 12 chapters, it's really a sermon about life, life in general. And it also is not only a sermon about life, but how God wants us to live that life. And probably, as you study the Bible, one of the most privileged men to ever walk the face of the earth was Solomon. He had enormous riches. He had basically ultimate wisdom that God gave him, along with knowledge. And for the most part, the 40 years that he reigned over the nation of Israel uh, were relatively peaceful years. He built the temple uh, 
for God in the city of Jerusalem, and then he built his own house. And he wrote uh, this book, Ecclesiastes, this sermon on life and how God would have us live our life. And over 30 times, as you study this book, over 30 times in this book, Solomon plunges and declares that life is really... Uh, there's no happiness or fulfillment in life, but life is empty without God. And I think many of us have walked down some roads in life where we have walked alone outside of God's will and realized that that road is empty, that that road does not satisfy. Because we're going to find out tonight that everything under the sun without God, no matter what it is, will leave you empty, will leave you dissatisfied. I think of people out there tonight that might be in some drug addiction or alcohol addiction or pornography issues or other, any other issue that is without God and how at the initial start or the initial phase of their walk, there might be some temporary satisfaction or enjoyment, but as they continue down and progress down that road, how dissatisfying it becomes, how empty it becomes, because no one can occupy the soul like our Creator God through His Son, Jesus Christ, and His Holy Spirit. And in verse, uh, 13, in verse 13, it says the conclusion of the whole matter. Now, in my medical practice, there's many times I'll see somebody and uh, they'll be of an advanced age and they'll have multiple problems going on. They might have five or six issues ongoing simultaneously. And we methodically go through each issue that they are uh, dealing with in life. And it can be from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. And so at the end of the office visit, when we're kind of bringing the ship into harbor and the plane down to land, I'll say to that person, kind of let's kind of make a conclusion of all that we have said. And, and then I'll go and I'll make a conclusion of all the things that we have talked about and discussed and recommendations that I have made. And the Bible gives us that, or God gives us that, in chapter 12, verse 13, the conclusion of the whole matter. And when it comes to life, really only God can say these statements. Because, my friends, no matter uh, what our experience may be, we've not experienced all. And we certainly don't know all. But God has. And God is the one that can make this statement. And so he does, through the pen of Solomon, the conclusion of the whole matter. Most people have their ideas about life. They have their ideas on how life uh, should be lived and how life should be concluded. But I'm going to tell you tonight, if their ideas, if their conclusion on life does not meet with the Word of God, their idea is wrong. Because the Word of God is our standard. Not someone's philosophy, not someone's religion, uh, not someone else's thought process, but the Word of God is our standard in life. It's our final authority. And in regards to drawing a conclusion on our life, 
we should obviously look to the Word of God, for God knows exactly what he's talking about. And to an extent, we need to simplify life by accepting God's conclusions about life. Because many times, I, first of all, God is ultimately wise, infinitely wise and knowledgeable, yet he has the capacity to bring things down into the Word of God, give them to us, and allow us that are finite in our wisdom, finite in our knowledge, the ability to understand. That's true wisdom right there. Bringing down something that is unbelievably complex and bringing it down to where someone as simple as myself can understand it, just like the awesome, wonderful, simple plan of salvation. So we like to complicate things. We like to maneuver and adapt. And it's good for us to go back to the Word of God and find out the simple, the simplicity of life that God has given us. And this is what the conclusion or the close of the book of Ecclesiastes is all about, is keeping life simple as it is directed by God's Word. And so let me give you three things tonight that I pray will help you. First of all, I find in verse 10 the words of truth. Let me read verse 10 again. It says, the preacher sought to find out acceptable words, and that which was written was upright, even words of truth. The words of truth. God gives us these words of truth to guide us. And that's why it is imperative. I know you hear it consistently from behind this pulpit from Pastor Lytell. Pastor Moon brought it up this morning. Is We must be in the word of God on a consistent basis. That's why a lot of people have an anemic uh, walk with God. They have a fatigued Christian life. It's because they, not are, they are not routinely and on a consistent basis getting nutrition from the Word of God. These words of truth, because God gives us these words of truth to guide us in all manners of life. And as you drop down to verse 11, I find it interesting. He's talking about these words of truth when he says, the words of the wise are as goads and as nails. Now you look at that word goad, and that is a sharp pointed stick used to drive animals. And I'd like to say God has given us words of truth that are like goads, hasn't he? Words that jab at us, words in the, in the Bible that prick us, that prod us, that sting us? Have you ever read the Word of God and had God speak to you in a very specific manner in regards to something that you were doing in life that you shouldn't be doing or something you should be doing that you weren't doing and how the Holy Spirit convicts us? And these are the words of truth that we find in the Word of God, words of truth that are preached and taught here from the Word of God that should prod us, that should prick us, that should sting us. It is a good thing in church to get under conviction. People say, I don't like conviction. I don't like to feel under conviction. My friend, it is the grace and mercy and love of God that he sends his Holy Spirit to convict us, to prod us, to sting us, to correct us, so that we can have a true, right fellowship with him. And so these words, this is important in our life. These words of truth as a goad, 
they prod us back into his way because I have a tendency, and I know you do too, to wonder, do we not? Wander away from the Lord that we love, that saved us. And we all have a desire, I believe, by being here tonight on a Sunday night, we have a desire to serve the Lord. There's an element of passion in your life by being faithful on Sunday night to serve the Lord. But yet when we get out there tomorrow and someone wants to say a nasty joke, someone starts using improper, ungodly language around us, things on billboards that come into our eyes, things on the radio that you might hear at work or at the store that are ungodly, we have a tendency with our flesh to wander away from the one that we love, wander away from the standard of the Word of God, and we need to be consistently reading and listening to these words of truth that are like goads, this, this pointed, sharp stick that prods us, stings us, corrects us back into the way we should be walking. And that's why, my friends, may I encourage you to find yourself in the Word of God consistently. Day by day, feeding on the Word of God, receiving heavenly manna from the Word of God. It is good to be in church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, but you need more. You need more. It's like if we just ate physical food on Sunday and Wednesday night, where would most of us be? Probably most would probably be healthier, but that's another, that's another topic. But uh, some would be lighter, obviously. All of us would be. But physically, we would be worse off. We would not be where we should be physically if we were just feeding on Sunday and Wednesdays. And it, you can take it and, and apply it to the spiritual. Sundays are good, and man, we can get fed by the teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Wednesdays are good. We can get fed by the teaching of the Word of God. But there has to be a consistent intake of these words of truth so that we can be prodded back into his way because we all have that tendency to wonder. And then it not only says in verse 11, the words of the wise are as goads, but they're also as nails, like fastened nails. And there are some things in life that we need to nail down, my friends. We live in a wild, wicked world. And we need God's word to keep us from drifting. There's a few things we need to nail down in our lives. We need to nail down that we're going to be in church when the preaching's going on. Nail it down. Nail it down, you're going to read the Word of God. Nail it down, you're going to pray. Nail it down that you're going to be an encouragement to other people. It's amazing uh, how just a short little word of encouragement can be an asset to somebody. A little card sent in the mail, how that can mean something. Or just by someone saying, I'm praying for you. And we need to nail those things down because it is a wild, wicked, crazy world out there. And we need to nail these things down. And the Word of God will help you nail these things down. Nail it down, you're not going to look at pornography. Just nail it down. 
Nail it down, you're not going to listen to ungodly music. Nail it down, you're not going to set any evil thing before your eyes. I mean, just nail those things down so that when the decision comes in front of you, basically, it's already been made. You've said no. You're not going to do that. You're going to live godly. And so we see here in these verses, the words of truth are as goads and as nails. Let the word of God work in your life. Make the word of God passionate in your life. Secondly, it says the whole matter, as we said in verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. It's to fear God, keep his commandments. And I ask you tonight, do you fear God? Do you have an awe and respect for God Almighty? There is a God who made the world and created us. We just did not happen. We just didn't evolve. There is a God who created us. And there, that same God is a God in whom we are going to stand one day and give an account for our life. And I believe God has the right to tell us how to conduct our lives, how to live our lives. The Bible says we are to fear God. Again, do you have an awe and respect for God? You fear something. You have an awe and respect for something. I pray it's God. I pray it's not money. I've said this before, 100 years from now, your 401k will mean nothing to you. It might mean something to your grandkids, but it's going to mean nothing to you. Your house will mean nothing to you. Your cars will mean nothing to you. Your status, whatever it might be, uh, will mean nothing to you. But a lot of us have fear uh, for those things. We have an awe and respect for those things where that fear and that awe and that respect should be for our Heavenly Father because in Romans 3.18 it says, There is no fear of God before their eyes. This is the natural man. The man that does not know Jesus Christ as their Savior. They have no regard for God. No consideration of the consequences of sin. My friends, uh, you cannot take fire in your hand and not be burned. There are consequences that are associated uh, with the decisions that we make. And we need, a, a, especially in America, and especially in our churches in America, a good heaping dose of the fear of God in our lives to where we just have an awe and respect for our God and the last thing that we would ever want to do is disappoint our God. I do not want to disappoint my wife. I got in trouble about the dog statement this morning in Sunday school. So she's, she's giving me the silent treatment right now. I'm not bitter. She's not bitter. But, and I'm just joking. But, my friends, I don't want to disappoint my wife. I don't want to disappoint my, my daughters. And I don't want to disappoint my son. I don't want to disappoint my parents. I don't want to disappoint you. But more than that, I don't want to disappoint my God. You didn't save me. You didn't open up heaven's door for me. You didn't forgive me of all my sin. You've not bestowed unbelievable mercy and grace on my life. 
but God did. I don't want to disappoint. I want to have an awe and respect for my God. When I look, I normally get up around 4.35 o'clock and our door wall faces the east. And I see that sunrise eventually. It's not up at 4.30 for those. Some people think the sun just pops up in the morning. But it actually gradually arises uh, in the morning for those that get up at noon. But uh, as I see that sun rise and then you see certain, the clouds and how the sun will come off the clouds and how it can be pink and purple and other colors. And I don't bow down to that sun or the clouds or the color that they're demonstrating. But what it does remind me of is the one I do bow down to. And I want to have a healthy awe and respect for my God. I want to fear God. Because it says in Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And my friends, all of us lack wisdom. And, and to obtain that wisdom, obviously James tells us, to, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And so I ask God all the time for wisdom. But one of his answers to me is, George, fear me. Have an awe and respect for me. And when you have an awe and respect for me, then that's the beginning of the wisdom you're asking me for. And when we, that's, that's the conclusion of the whole matter, is to fear God. And the second aspect is to keep his commandments. When you fear God, when you have an awe and respect for God, you will have a desire to keep his commandments. And that's what we need. Because hearing is not enough. There's too many people that can academically pass a test in regards to the Bible, but practically, functionally, they fail. Oh, they can check off, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. They can check off... Uh, if you walk in the Spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. They can check off, I'll put no evil thing before mine eyes. They can check off a lot of things and know it from a head knowledge, or I like to say academically, but when it comes to the functional day-by-day -day life of a Christian, that practical Christian walk, we must take what we know and implement it so that our lives and our thoughts and our words and our actions demonstrate the Word of God. They're consistent with the standards of the Word of God. And the Bible says that we must hear and obey because Luke 6.46 says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? It's a good question. And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? You see... We make life complicated. God simplifies it for us. He says, fear me. Have a awe and respect for me. And that awe and respect that you have for me will then lead you to not only hear the word of God, those words of truth that should be like goads and nails, not only will you hear those words of truth, you will live those words of truth. You will implement those words of truth. You will pass those words of truth on because you fear me. You will keep my commandments. And then lastly, first of all, I see the words of truth. Secondly, the whole conclusion. Thirdly, 
is the work of judgment in verse 14. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. Now that's a sobering, very sobering verse. Because it doesn't say, for God shall bring some work into judgment with some secret things, but he says every. And that makes me stop and think right there. And it should make us all stop and think right there. If you are here tonight without Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and as was already said during the communion, that we pray that everyone knows Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, but those that do not have that relationship with Christ, that they are his child, they will one day stand before God at the white throne judgment. Because every person that has ever breathed, ever will breathe, everyone will stand before God. Those that do not know Christ will stand before him at the white throne judgment. And they will be judged. And their ultimate judgment is called the second death or the lake of fire, also known as Gehenna. But for those that are saved, us children of God, we will stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, also known as the Bema seat of Christ. And this will not be a judgment for our sin because our sin has already been judged on the cross through Jesus Christ. And I praise him for that. That my sin is as far as the east is from the west. That my sin is buried in the depths of the deepest sea. That God has elected to not remember my sin because it is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. Thank God we do not have to answer in that regard for eternal judgment for our sin. Now there's obviously consequences to what we do. But in regards to heaven and hell, that's been judged in Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for that. But the judgment seat of Christ will be a judgment on our works. And that's going to be a serious moment. A serious moment. Every secret thing will be made known as we stand before God. And thinking about life as the conclusion of the whole manner, a lot of people think that life is about the duration. But I like to say life is not about the duration, it's about the donation you make as you live. It's not necessarily how long we make it, but what we do while we're here. And my friends, God has simplified it for us. Fear God, keep his commandments. So that we grab onto those words of truth and not only hear them, but live them, realizing that one day as children of God, we will stand before him and give an account, as it says in verse 14, for every work and every secret thing. So I ask you tonight, how are you doing with your Christian walk? How are you doing? Realizing that God, in his infinite wisdom, has simplified things for us. Do you have 
a healthy awe and respect for God that drives you to those words of truth, not only to hear them, but to do them, realizing that we will stand before him and give an account of every work and every secret thing that we've done. So I pray that as we've gone over these few verses tonight, that you allow God just to work in your heart tonight. And as God works in your heart, make decisions tonight that would facilitate his will being done. And that through our lives, as much as possible, that the Holy Spirit would work in us to glorify the Heavenly Father, to glorify Jesus Christ, and that we're not going to fear, have an awe and respect for these temporal things, but our fear is going to be an awe and respect for our Heavenly Father who saved us through His Son, Jesus Christ. Let's have a word of prayer. Father, I thank You for this time tonight. I pray again that these words fell upon understanding ears. Father, it's the heartbeat of this ministry that everyone here has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And Father, if there be one here tonight that is uncertain, Father, they're not completely assured of their relationship with you, I pray that in just a moment when we sing a few verses of a hymn, that they would make their way forward to us and allow us to take them and share with them through the word of God, how they can know for certainty that they are a child of God and on their way to heaven. And Father, for your children tonight, thank you for making things simple because we need that. Father, help us have a healthy awe and respect for you. Help us grab on to those words of truth and not only hear them and listen to them, but do them, realizing that every work and every secret thing we will be held accountable for. And Father, as I said earlier in my prayer, there are many needs tonight in people's lives. I pray that somehow through the preaching of your word tonight, your Holy Spirit met those needs. And as you lead, Father, maybe some need to bend a knee at an old-fashioned altar. Some may need to have us pray with them. Some may just want to come and bend their knee and praise your name. Whatever it is, Father, may we respond as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts tonight. And Father, we will thank you for what you're going to do. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about Jesus and the subject preached on, please contact us at gospel at mygbcs.com or call us at 239 947 one, two, eight, five. God bless.